Uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Um, I have no clue what episode this is. I am Chris. You are Jesper. Hi, Jesper. Hello, hello. Hello, Chris. How are you? How are you doing? Um, I'm pretty, pretty good. It's been a long day. It's late here in Sweden. Um, but I would say I'm okay. <laughs> How sounds positive. How do you do, Chris? How do I do? I do. Mm. Or no, actually, I need to say I be, which is more on brand. I don't do I be. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm good. It's relatively early in the day here. Uh, so we're slightly on different circadian rhythms, but I'm sure we can make it work. Yeah, almost every time we have these podcasts, I... I get really inspired and, and kind of almost angry at myself. For <laughs> it's better than being angry at me. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, Some people I was just angry, get angry at, you. at me. Now I'm <laughs> angry at myself for, I just want to, you know, throw distraction out of the window, like phones, social media, all this shit, because it makes me weaker and it makes me. Mm, uh-uh. No. I don't accept that. I know. <laughs> right. So what I'm going to say is now that's avoidance. So now your fear and your your reaction to this way that you engage with life on the other side, now you want to distance and run away from it. It doesn't make you feel or do anything. It's It's more about your conscious decisions on a moment to moment basis of when to put it away and when to utilize it, right? That's being empowered. When you're empowered, you can choose what to engage with, how far to go with it, and then you're aware that, oh, well, if I go over this line, now now it eats me, and then I suffer. So this is just the process of knowing yourself. And it just takes time. Uh, I used to be literally the opposite to the way I am now. Just if I started something, I'd be in it for four days. No sleep. <laughs> and then I'd blame it after <laughs> when I was finished. <laughs> but it didn't do anything. It was all me. But I also hear and empathize uh, with your felt sense to just fucking throw it all away because you're like, well, that's that's the problem. But stay conscious in this. See. Yeah, it, it's it's just an excuse, really, because the problem is that I um, lose myself to it. Um, it's not it, really. That's the issue. Um, yes. Yeah. But... I love that you brought that up. And I hope I have uh, done it justice in terms of my response. It's such a huge and nuanced area that it's quite challenging. It's very difficult to be able to speak to all the different angles and sides of it mm-hmm. on like a little, you know, one hour conversation. Yeah, um, but I, I just I never want anybody 
looking down on or hating a part of their expression or a part of what they feel in, inside of themselves because then we we repress and it's repression that actually causes the majority of the ill ways that we treat one another and the lack of love on the planet is because of the repression. It's because people have so much shame and embarrassment and guilt around certain parts of how they feel inside of their bodies. And to be here of love, I feel everything needs to be included. Everything needs to be able to be engaged with and talked about and expressed and shared so we can collectively free ourselves up. So, yeah, I love that you brought it up. I uh, appreciate your honesty in it. I know it's <laughs> it's not such an easy platform to come on when you know there's going to be many, many people listening to this. Um, so, yeah, props to you for for being willing to do that because I'm sure it's, it's going to be very helpful for a lot of people to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel... Even though I have, you know, problems and things I need to work on, it's uh, when I'm in it or when you share stuff with me or when I hear how childish some of my ways of communicating are, I, I just want to run away, basically. I just want to turn off the podcast, I just want to delete the episode. But then I also feel <laughs> that I think it's good that people hear that, you know, we all have, um, you know, things that or like I'm, I'm trying my best that's what i'm saying even though i have some parts of me that are not great i'm, I'm really um you know trying to to be present and it's difficult like i've been trying for many years and i'm always working on it and and sometimes i have months where i'm just in you know doing great and then i will fall back and get super distracted and, and that's the process you know um so i guess it's yeah i think it's important to to hear that as well that it's uh it's a long process yeah it's a process it, 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 years years it's forever or as long as we're here that's the process like every moment every day i'm i'm in that as well every single moment you know how how committed am i to choosing reality over all of the shiny things that are over in the other corner trying to seduce me in into unconsciousness and into certain behaviors and that becomes the challenge and it can be fun yeah it can be a very worthwhile commitment to be in awareness and to live from awareness everything becomes far more graceful when we move from awareness and also it becomes messy as fuck and if we bring awareness then we learn what we need to learn and we can we can continue to grow or sometimes it gets us and that's that's just the way it is it's not it's not never anything you should blame yourself for all right anything that gets us that's just showing us where our bar was, where our bar of awareness was, where our bar of presence or consciousness was. And now we have something that we get to work on. And, you know, how, how beautiful is that? It doesn't feel beautiful a lot of the time, but 
I don't know how else you could be here. No, and uh, even though it's a process, it's also when you when you actually start seeing some some major changes in your or the way you are relating to yourself, to the feminine, to life. You just go like, "Wow!" When you start feeling your own aliveness, and and when it's like so worth it, like it's the only thing I want to do now is to. To feel more of myself and, and understand more of myself because I've seen how much more beautiful my life has gotten. And even though, as I said, there's always things coming up and when it comes up, you go like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> but uh, it's still uh, so worth it because it's mm-hmm. like you you get your eyes just open more and more. You get to feel more and more and you get to. It's like you get more flavors to life almost. Even that sounds super cliche probably, but that's how my experience has been. You also become uh, deeply useful. And I think that is also one of the most beautiful parts of doing your presence work is that you become very, very useful to humanity, to people, to just how they feel in themselves. We're generally so uncomfortable in our own skin and we're thought and raised in quite deep ways to to have utter disdain for many parts of ourselves. So when a person really does their self-love work, every moment, every day, committed to being in alignment with that. You start to become a magnificent example for other people. And you also begin to accumulate a level of spaciousness inside of you, a level of compassion inside of you, also a level of truth inside of you, which can be direct at times. But you you cultivate a space of deep connection so that when people come in contact with you, the work just starts to happen, right? Energy just starts to circulate. And if there's any reason to to be present and to really learn to love the parts of yourself that you've been taught to deeply hate and judge, if there's any reason for that, it's that you also get to free up other people. And if you're a parent or if you're around children, an even bigger blessing. Because now you get to seed that into future generations. So all of this work, all of these conversations, it's, it's never just about us. It starts with us on the individual level. But it absolutely overflows outwards. And in the times that have been the most difficult and challenging for me to stay present, in those times, what has really kept me acutely precise in my sadhana or in my spiritual work is seeing the impact and the benefit and the value 
that it has for everyone outside of myself. And that brings meaning, that brings purpose. Without you having to get your purpose through a job or, you know, a, a pet or a child or something external, but uh, you actually receive purpose from allowing meaning move through you and outward rather than trying to take it from the outward and pull it internal. So it's worth it and it's needed and it's also not everybody's path. <laughs> and that's okay. You can see it in, in older generations. I think kind of from... Uh, my generation, you know, onwards, uh, energetics started to change in people. And, you know, now I'll, I'll work with a lot of uh, clients uh, coming to me who are trying to help and assist their parents in becoming more aware and conscious and allowing their parents or supporting their parents to start freeing up emotional trauma from their childhood but because the generational uh, energetic difference is so drastic, it's it can almost be like a fight that I see a lot of people go through. And it's okay if, if they're not going to get it. It's okay, it's okay if, if they're not supposed, supposed to get it. it. That's, That's totally true. fine. But we have to allow what is to be what is, but continue to show up for ourselves so we can be an example. And I feel if we do that, it will trickle through. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, older generations now really starting to have to feel their emotions because of their children, because of, of you know, their children that are now in their 20s or 30s that are doing so much of this work. And it's it's beautiful to see that they're you know they're they're getting that opportunity at this point in their lives to start waking up inside. Or not. Yeah. And something that or the thing. I don't even know how to, to start on this, but I feel just like the, yeah, I don't have no words anymore. <laughs> but um, I wanted to speak about the body because that's, you always do it, obviously, but I feel it always needs a reminder. You always need to be reminded, like, like so, so many times, especially when you lose yourself a little bit, like, as if when I get stuck on in work for a full day, eight hours on the computer, I I might think that I still have some embodiment left. But then, you know, I jump on a podcast with you or I do some Qigong and I go like, damn, where, where the hell is my beingness? Where has it gone? Because it's so easy to, to lose it and to forget kind of how it felt what to be deeply embodied. And then you think that oh, I'm probably still embodied, you know, I'm walking around here. <laughs> and then you, when you get an experience which makes you very embodied, you go like, shit, oh, this is, 
now I'm here again. Like, damn, I was gone for a while there. So I don't know if you have anything to share. That's that's something that really just can you know keep you here. <laughs> if I had that, I wouldn't have to keep saying the same thing a thousand different ways over the last decade. If I just had a thing that I could give to anyone and then it would just keep them here. It's not supposed to keep us here. Then it's not a challenge. And we only increase in consciousness and we only develop uh, higher levels of presence and embodiment through the challenge of losing ourselves. That is literally the medicine. So every time you lose yourself, there's the gift. The gift is how do you come back to yourself? And over the process of a few years or many years, that's the singular simple thing that you do internally because there's something that you do in your body when you realize you have been out of body or caught up. So there's something that you do that brings you back home. And you'll spend years of your life just repeating that to a point, hopefully, where you no longer lose yourself or at least your default state of being is embodiment. It's it's a repetitive practice, but there's not one thing the only thing that keeps us embodied is awareness so any practice any way of engaging with yourself another big part is how you set your life up right your external life is it in support of awareness and feeling or is it in support of be as productive as you can and don't listen to your body, just drive through the pain. So you also have to be very honest with yourself and look around in your life and go, how do I spend my days? How do I wake up in the morning? Is the first thing I do pick up my phone and start scrolling in the dark with one eye open and then the phone falls on my face and then aliens are just looking at us going, what are these people doing? So you have to be very honest because if you're living in ways that feed your ego and your mind, if you're living in ways that solely feed and almost bench press distraction, people are in the distraction gym and they're just bench pressing. <laughs> they've got all the tools, they've got all the weights and they're just getting jacked and their level of distraction is profound. So, okay, if that's how you've been living, where, where's the opposite side of that? One easy, easy choice that you can make is, well, just be in nature more. Without the weights, yeah, without the distraction. Just sit in nature for a moment, walk in nature, and be there until your desire to distract yourself goes away. Be there until all the uncomfortable feelings that you're feeling dissolve now you're at baseline and now you can start to go deeper into yourself so 
there's no one thing. If you live an insane life, you're you're going to be insane. <laughs> that that's just the way it works. But if you cater and really design and set up how you're being in the world consciously, selectively, specifically, where you have practices you do every day that you know support your embodiment, your feeling, your body staying open and relaxed and at ease, while you also have your date with nature every day. There's always the date with nature. Or there's always moments to sit down and to, to be in reverence for something, right? For me, one of those things, I mean, there's a few things, but one of them is, is tea ceremony. When I sit down at the tea table to pour, to, to be with what I'm doing, there's nothing that's allowed there other than me and nature, right? Which are the tea leaves. And I'm there to start moving into union with that information. And every day it's got something for me. It's going to meet me exactly where I'm at. And if I treat it with enough respect and care and sensitivity, it will communicate something to me. So that's just a tiny little example. But to set your life up where you are in spaciousness, you are in moments of being an embodiment it doesn't have to look like me it doesn't have to look like anybody else that's where the experimentation comes in we have to be willing to experiment see what works for us see what supports us and then when you're deeply centered with yourself now you get to move amongst the chaos amongst the insanity amongst the unconsciousness in a way where you're no longer judging it or seeing it as less than your experience. And that's a really, really important point to make because when we first start going through this process, and I had it deeply, you know, for the first few years I was going through my own work, all of the unconsciousness around me just became very apparent and I would judge it and dislike it and point the finger at it. But we're all just in the same space. Right. Underneath that person's vacancy is their essence, is God, is such a profound energy. And you only seeing the unconsciousness in another person just creates more of it. You only judging where a person is at just creates more of it. So another just practical recommendation to people is regardless of where you think you are, stay simple in yourself and understand that every single person that you meet is holding God. And if you can be with them in that way, where you see that in them, you help them become reminded of that. And I think that is the, at least for me and my experience, that is the deepest way that we can love one another. So your role is to get out of the noise, is to quiet yourself down, is to set your life up in a supportive way. 
if you're running around stressed all the time, you're suffering, you're not feeling well, these are all red flags. You don't need to be in any of that. But you will be held accountable to feel. And that can be very unpleasant at times. And that's okay. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. No, it's pretty I... cool. <laughs> uh, another thing or that has really helped me in my development is when we're talking about, you know, how do you become more present is is the reflection of from women. And even if it's, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter in what type of reflection it is, I feel like that's probably one one of the biggest reasons why i feel like i have developed or you know grown as a human is because i've i've gotten so many beautiful reflections from women in different ways and i i know you said this a while back that you can put a put a man in front of a powerful woman and you will know where he's at in his development basically um mm. and i just wanted you to speak on that like how how important it is for a, a woman to reflect to 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 a man and and also mm. because in the beginning you know my ego and still sometimes can get very bruised by when you hear like uh, yeah a woman not liking you Good. or this or um and how to to yeah deal with that and yeah basically just your your experiencing with it The ego is what's going to cause us pain and possible suffering, possible immense <laughs> amounts of suffering. So one of the most supportive things that a woman can do for a man in her receptive principle is to reflect back to him cleanly, and when I say cleanly, I mean accurately, I mean that she's truly reflecting back without attaching all of her trauma and her veiling of life onto whatever he's bringing to her and then just kind of vomiting it back out onto him as a projection. And this is where her uh, embodied development comes in, where she can really be there with what is and to be completely impacted by what's moving around her. So then she can help by sharing that reflective information so life kind of knows where it stands. I think that's one of the most potent qualities that uh, a woman who's freed herself up uh, can really offer to men or to her, to her male partners. A fear that a lot of women bring to me when I'm when I'm assisting them in this work or in relational work or with couples is she doesn't want to hurt the man's feelings. So then she hides everything from him. Which means in order to hide it 
she has to do one of the most detrimental things to herself, which is shut down her receptive principle. So now she starts to close off and she doesn't feel alive anymore. And that is the fear of, well, if I reflect honestly the truth of how this man's beingness is impacting me in this moment, because it is, because I deem it as negative, because my mind, my ego deems it as negative. I don't want to, I don't want to bring that to him, because I don't want to hurt him, because I love him, which is a very sweet and beautiful intention, but it keeps him blind. And then you're moving around with a blind man in your life. And that's not helpful for anybody. For me in my process, some of the most illuminating moments that I've had have been from women reflecting back my behaviors or how my beingness or how my movement around them has impacted them and illuminating in some of the most unpleasant and ego-shattering ways, which is such a deep benefit if you're in a place where you're willing to be able to be inclusive to that, to hear that, and to ask yourself, well, is this actually true inside of me? And also in beautiful ways, where it's been such a joy to receive the reflection. For me as a man, being with a woman who is too uncomfortable to reflect me back to me, that is not safe for me. And I always speak about female safety with men. For men, we also have this thing, right? Does she hear me? Like, really? Does she really receive what I'm bringing in the way that I'm bringing? Or is she receiving it? putting her own traumatized spin on it from her own past relationships with men who have done her wrong or have lied to her or mistreated her and then just projecting it back onto me. That is not safe either. So the reflective process is very empowering for her because now she understands that no expression that comes through her is disallowed in the space and also nobody can tell her what's allowed or what's disallowed that's her that's her inner authority she needs to choose that but history history has had a different experience so I can understand well I can try to understand as deeply as possible the terror behind being reflective that women may experience just through due to what has went on in the past. But it will free her up and allow her to experience herself so much bigger, so much more bliss, so much more potency, so much more love, and it also allows her to be more receptive to when the man sees something in her that he has to call out, right? That he has to lovingly bring to the space and say, this is really tough for me to say because I don't want to hurt you. 
But this is what I see in reality right now. This is what I see is going on. This is how I see you moving. And neither person is reflecting to the other in order to stick them or punish them. That's another important point to make. Reflect, reflecting him should never be done with the motivation of hurting or punishing him, right? To teach him a lesson. Because you'll just get more of that energy back. And that's a poisonous energy. We reflect one another, or while the woman reflects the man, or the, the man sees the woman, he bears witness to her, as a duty of reverence, as a duty of love, this is how I love this person, by never hiding reality or truth, at least the way I perceive it, from them. And likewise, I never force my way onto them. And if we just zoom out, and if we just apply those principles to humanity, I feel we'd all get along a lot better and there'd be way more space for love and for understanding, and for acceptance in our differences, and seeing how important our differences actually are. So as always, I completely forget your question. But No, that was beautiful. <clears throat> I just want to thank you. It's What you just shared, it, it just inspired me to be better, basically. To be more compassionate. Oh, you're, you're good. No, yeah, but still, it's it still inspires me to truly try to just, you know, love more, basically. Um, or, or just that can only yeah. start with you. Exactly. I want to love yeah. myself more. I want to, yeah, just do do the work more. I guess be more present. And it's hard to say what you actually want to do, but but it's like a. It's like a, some an energy I f felt when he was speaking there. I just felt like, oh yes, I just <laughs> it just felt right in some way, and it felt um, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I want to share this. Obviously, I, I want more people to hear that, and and uh, th I think it's understanding. I want to understand more, you know, understand women more, understand life more, myself more. So, because when you understand, it's so much easier to have compassion as well. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah, thank you again for sharing that. Of course, thank you for receiving something that um, I can take very little responsibility or ownership over. <laughs> but thank you for your, uh, yeah, for being receptive to it. There was something else that I was going to speak. It'll come back if it wants to. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, if if there is um, anything more you want to share. Buy our new product for $99.99. <laughs> 17 easy installments. Um, no, there's, it feels complete. Yeah. It feels complete. Thank you for listening to some of today's episode. If you'd like to hear the full conversation, along with live Qigong classes, Q&A group sessions, and Tea with Chris, you can head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Chris Bale. Thank you, as always, for your support. 
and we will see you back here on the next episode. Ciao.